0: have just worshipped the all night. I mean, I don't know how about you guys, but Jeremy, great job. The entire team was amazing. Played some killer songs, and that verse that he was talking about in Habakkuk um, is one of my favorite verses, because I have heard of his fame, and is, when I first got saved, I just devoured the Bible, and I just loved reading the stories of the hand appearing on the wall and writing, or, you know, I just wanted to know this God. I wanted these things to happen now, and um, I, I was in revival for a little bit. I'll, I, I'm going to get into that, but um, really what I want to do tonight is just share my my testimony, share my story, tell you guys how many times I've messed up <laughs> and ran from God, um, but only to find that he's just chased me down. And as Jeremy was singing earlier, has made me worthy to to carry his gospel, um, because that's what he does. I mean, he, he reached me beyond any type of running I could have imagined. He chased me down. So um, let me just pray again, if you don't mind. God, I, I thank you for this opportunity of sharing um, my story, and just uh, what you're doing in my life, what you've done in my life, and just how faithful you are. And I thank you for your faithfulness in everyone's life here. I thank you, God, that you didn't leave them alone. That even now, even if there's people that are, that are still on the fence, maybe one foot in, one foot out, or maybe people that are just completely running from you, I pray that you show yourself faithful. I pray that you, pray that you begin to reveal yourself to the faithful God that you are to them like you did me. God, I pray that you would anoint this, um, this time. I, I don't have amazing revelation like Jeremy, or great prophetic words like Tracy, or a great sermon on light and sound like Jared, but um, I pray that just the words in my mouth uh, just be um, anointed, God. So I thank you for your goodness. Amen. So when I was a little kid, I I, I had just such a tender heart towards God. I didn't know him. My parents took me to this, you know, I remember my dad. We went to a church at La Quinta Inn, and my dad, you know, singing Dance and Celebrate. You remember that song? Dance and Celebrate. No? Okay. All right, yeah. And my dad is doing the Pentecostal kick, you know, and, and I just, I, I, it was really crazy to me, but I knew I loved God, and I didn't know him, but my heart was very tender towards him. And as a as a kid growing up, and if you don't know him, obviously the enemy will try to do his best to wedge um, you between him. So when I was 15, um, I just started experiencing, you know, smoking pot, popping pills, and just getting, you know, as far away from him as, as I could. You know, drinking at 15, and gosh, people people start so so much younger now. It's really, really crazy. But um, but I always just had this longing that I knew what I was doing was was just uh, was just rebellion from the Lord. And I remember uh, really being in my room and and I was just super depressed, and I knew smoking another joint wouldn't do anything, and I knew popping another pill wouldn't do anything, and I looked across, and I saw the Bible my aunt had bought me for my 14th birthday, and so I walked across the room, picked it up, opened it up, and started reading about Jesus, and just completely fell in love. I mean, how many, has that happened to you guys? No, yeah? I completely fell in love with Jesus. I, I loved um, the things that he, that he said he was so cool, the way he handled every adversity was so, was so was so much, you know, humility, but in and patience and peace, he was amazing. He he literally just turned my life around, and um, so I was just super on fire for God. I I became very very zealous around certain people around my family. A lot like Jeremy, I was very embarrassed uh, to let them know that I'd given my life to the Lord, even though they were. Believers, except for my brothers. My brothers would, I'd hear them walking down the hall and I'd throw my Bible under the bed. You know, when you said that you did that, I was like, me too, man, we the same. Um, <laughs> it's that commercial, I don't know if you've seen it. Anyway. Forgive me, I used to have, I'm used to have a guitar in my hand and so I feel so exposed. <clears throat> Here I am, world. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I was, but, but the Lord literally just zapped me with his Holy Spirit. I remember having, becoming so bold and I started taking my Bible to, ch- to school, um, witnessing at school, just telling people about the love of Jesus, mainly to all the girls I was very attracted to that weren't, didn't know him. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, you gotta start somewhere. Uh, um, which a lot of them have now given their life to the Lord and I wanna believe that I planted a seed back when I was 15. <laughs> Um, So, anyway, from there, I I remember wanting to go to Bible college because I wanted to be a preacher. Ironic, right? (laughs) So I fumble over my words. Um, So I I went, I remember my friend, I went on a mission trip, and he said, hey, why don't you come check out this school, Brownsville, with me out in uh, Pensacola, Florida? He was, we're living in Revival, and, uh, you know, we got the beach, and I said, well, man, let's go. Let me go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let me go check it out. So we drove to Pensacola, Florida, and I was so on fire for God. And I remember walking in, and in my youth group, I was the most on fire, right, of, you know, 50, 60 kids. And I walk into a service of 2,000 people where there were people that were just crying out for the Lord and so hungry for Him, but it was more than that. It was, it was literally like, I mean, imagine... I mean, tonight's service was amazing. Like worship, I loved it. Like I love the presence of God, but but this was different. This was an open heaven over earth. Uh, did anybody ever go? To the, you, you went to revival? Did you guys experience that? I mean, it was. It, did you say no? no. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said no. No, it was nothing like that. There was a lot of hoes too. Not those kind, but um, anyway, <laughs> all right, focus, David. So I, I, I'm at the revival, and it's literally just heaven on earth, and every service, every day, it was like we would worship until, you know, the morning, you know, till 12, 1 o'clock, and, and you know, the Lord would be healing people, and people would just be out in the Lord, and people would be dancing, and and you wouldn't, they wouldn't even have to do anything, and there'd be someone on stage leading worship, believe it or not, that couldn't sing very well, but the glory would fall, you know, and it was just, it was amazing, and I, but as I was in that place of revival, I, I let that become my, my relationship, and I saw these leaders that I, I just looked up to, they carried such revelation, and such anointing, anything they said, I thought was law, I thought it was basically God speaking, Um, right before my last semester there, there was there was a, a falling out between a lot of the professors in the church and uh, the school that they had started um, split. And it was, it was devastating to me. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of he said, he said, and she said, she said. And it was, it was devastating to me. I'd put my trust in these men of God that um, they just carried so much power and revelation. And I thought, how, how, could they, how could this happen? How could someone with such wisdom and such power uh, make such a stupid decision, <laughs> and then and then jockey for my attendance to their school, you know, and and it was just it hurt me so much, and it I came home, um, was going to get married, didn't thank God because I don't to you, and um, I it, that began just this this really awkward time in my life where I just was so hurt, and I re- started realizing my my trust in man versus my dependence on God and how it was just completely imbalanced. And I couldn't, I couldn't ever find my way back to the surface. It seemed like, like I was kept drowning and, in it and deeper and um, to the point where I slowly and slowly and slowly just, just fell away from the Lord. Like you don't, you know, when you're walking and chasing after the Lord and you're, you're radical on fire for God, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm out. You know, it, it's, it's a progression. The, the enemy slowly draws you away and, um, I remember laying in my bed and saying, Jesus, I don't want you in my heart anymore. And, um, and it, was, it, was, it was a pretty heavy time. And I mean, there was many nights that I'd lay awake and I could feel demonic presence. But that was what I wanted. I wanted to rule my own life. I, I thought I could do a better job. Everything that I had put my trust in seemed like let me down. And I, wasn't, I didn't know that I'd put my hope in man and not in God I thought my hope was in God the entire time. It was only later that I found out otherwise. So, I go through this time of just complete rebellion and I'm, I'm insecure because all I had had was my relationship with God. That was my identity. Um, my, my identity was the fact I was a Christian. My identity wasn't who Christ said I was. Does that make sense? Like, it was a badge I wore on my sleeve rather than a someone I personified and, and my, who I just embodied. Um, so, um, I became super insecure. Uh, I, I was always kind of an insecure kid, and I was a late bloomer. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I just, I sought out validation any way I could. I, I remember thinking, if I could be a model, if I could be a model, then I would achieve what I wanted. Then I would feel like I was worth something. So I became a model. <laughs> as easy as that, right? They're giving away memberships. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was hard work, hard work. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, well, if I could just be in a band, then I'd be really cool. And if I could, you know, so I got in a band. If I could just live in a loft downtown, right, then that would be, that would be really cool. Then all the chicks would want to hang out with me, right? I'm a model. I'm in a band. I'm in a cool loft downtown. You kidding me? tool bag right Um, (laughs) I was really 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 a tool bag Um, I really was and 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 so for four or five years I literally let that rule my life I I was hurt by you know by relationship I was hurt by God I was hurt by church leaders and I was just so offended right and I remember this one girl this one girl hurt me and sounds so pathetic I'm going to go me. And so I was like, never. can let that happen again. I'm sure the conversation with myself went something like that. Um, but I did, I vowed that I would never let that happen again. That I would never let a girl hurt me again. And so there, I just went on like a slew of like, I'm just going to use um, their emotions. And, and, and pardon the, me saying this, a lot of times it wasn't even about, about sex. It was about just making sure that I knew that they wanted me. You know, how twisted is that? You know, like, I didn't even, I didn't even really want anything physical from them. I just wanted the worship. I just wanted to become their God. And um, because that was my own God, and I felt like I was doing a pretty bang-up job. So, um, but I remember in those times, I remember nights. I remember nights laying awake, and just very slightly and very quickly, I remember telling God, I miss you. I remember just laying there and feeling empty and just going, Jesus, I miss you. But then I would back away again because I, I, I didn't trust him. I didn't want to get too close because I didn't trust him. I, I didn't want him in my life because I didn't trust him. But I missed him. I missed that intimacy I had with him. I know that's kind of weird, but that's what I was going through. Um, so I'm, I'm, I met this girl, right? I solved all my problems. Now here I am. Just, just kidding. No, I met this girl and I moved to Austin. She lived in Austin. I moved to Austin and... And so we were living together, and, and I remember the Lord started convicting my heart, and I hadn't, I hadn't felt conviction in three or four years, um, but the Lord started convicting my heart, hey, don't, don't, don't sleep with her. And I remember telling her that, hey, I don't think we should sleep together anymore. And she looked at me like I was crazy, but, but I felt the Lord convicting me, and so one night, you know, we f- I fell, fell, And I had this really powerful dream. You know, the dream that sticks with you all day the next day. Can't get it out of your head. And it was definitely from the Lord. And um, I woke up thinking about it. I went to work. I worked at a retail store. And this lady came in. This is the beginning of the Lord starting to woo me back to him. So this lady came in, and and I had helped her a week prior. We didn't talk about Jesus. We didn't talk about Christianity or anything. She comes back in, and she says, Hey, I want you to know... um, since I left, I've been praying for you and fasting um, for you, meditating, um, just praying for you. And I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you something. And she begins to describe the dream I just had the night before to the T. And I, and, and I was just standing there and I, my mouth open. She goes, is any of this making sense? <laughs> and I, I, I was, you know, having to understand my emotions, I'm, I'm dealing, I don't know if I trust God, but then here he is doing something you know, a, a sign and a wonder in my life, and I'm like, yes, it's it's resonating, but I don't know what to do about this. But at the same time, I was kind of excited. So, because the Lord's still after me, right? He hasn't let go. So that night, I took my girlfriend out to dinner, and I said, Hey, listen, um, check out what happened. This lady came in, and she told me the dream I had. Remember the dream I told you about this morning? Well, she did, told it to me today, and she looks at me, my ex ex girlfriend. <laughs> And she looks at me and she goes, well, it's obviously she wants to sleep with you. <laughs> this lady was like, you know, no offense to the 55-year-olds, I'm just saying, I was 25. Like, she probably wasn't wanting to sleep with me. <laughs> she just wanted to deliver where the Lord. And so it really dawned on me that I was like, okay, this, I, I gotta get out of this. I gotta get out. So I broke off the relationship. Um, so one, two other things in Austin. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in town visiting, um, I think it was either your birthday or somebody's birthday, we were in Deep Elm. And I, I walk outside because I want to smoke a cigarette. because I was real cool, right? Uh, that's what models who are in bands do. Um, <laughs> smoke cigarettes. That live in lofts and manipulate women. <laughs> they look like, cool on the street corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm standing outside. And at those days, <laughs> in those days, you could smoke inside. You, you didn't have to go outside to smoke cigarettes. And, um, and so I don't know why I went outside, I just went outside, and so I'm on the street corner of uh, Malcolm X in Maine, and I'm smoking a cigarette, and an old pastor friend of mine, his name's Brad Dorothy, uh, sees me from about 15 feet away, and he says, no, nah, I knew him after Brownsville, but um, he says, David Porkadoo, that is how you say my name, uh, he, goes, he goes, what are you doing? And I go, smoking a cigarette and he said and i said what are you doing he goes man you have no idea what i'm doing right now i said w-? no i go what's up and he goes you have no idea what's up i'm like uh, okay <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know I'm, I'm here uh but he he goes you know before i left tonight i uh, we were in prayer because we're out here sharing the gospel on the streets in deep Ellum, And before i left tonight I specifically prayed that God would cross paths with me, an old friend who was away from Jesus, and you're standing right in front of me. And so, and so I'm. But this time I'm shaking, you know, and I'm, (laughs) you know, trying not to weep, (laughs) keep a stiff upper lip, you know, and cool. I'm cool. And so he's like, "Well, can I pray for you?" And I said, "Nope, no, you can't, because i was, too much pride." Too much pride. I didn't want it. I, was, I wanted to show him that I didn't want his prayer. I didn't need his prayer. I was doing okay on my own. I was a wreck. <laughs> so one other thing in Austin, um, I had this dream. I was back in Austin. I had this dream, and my mom, we were in the backyard of the house I grew up, and my mom was being afflicted by a demon. And, um, and in the dream, me and my dad, go out to her in the backyard and we pray for her, for this demon to leave my mom. I'll never forget, you guys seen Return of the Jedi? Anybody seen? Can okay, you know that guy that sits next, stands next to Jabba the Hutt and he's got that white snake thing around him? Literally what this guy looked like. I mean, he was a scary dude. So we pray for my mom in the dream, the demon leaves and he looks back at, her, at me and he goes, I'll be back. You've, you've got me this time, but I'll be back. So I wake up, crazy dream. Uh, see you later. My mom, um, I get a phone call like two days later. It's my dad. He says, this is in real life. And he says, hey, um, you need to come home. Your mom's really sick. Uh, they think she's either got the West Nile or the Ebola virus. And this is like back when that was a real heavy deal, right? I mean, they were just kind of discovering that over here. And, and I just had this dream that my mom was being afflicted by a demon. And here I am, I have no relationship with God. I've renounced him from my life. You know, but I'm going, driving up to Dallas to pray for my mom for healing. <laughs> you know, sidebar, I don't know what, you, where are everyone's theology lies on, on once saved, always saved, and all that, but man, I said the words, Jesus, I don't want you in me, but he never left me. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain that. I don't know any super theological thing to say other than he never left me alone, And he never left me. Like, I went up to Dallas, and I prayed for my mom. And she went to the doctor, and they said, I don't know what happened, but there's nothing wrong with you. Like, you're completely fine. And I came back home, and I was like, okay, I got to do something. I got to go back to Dallas. So... Um, I'm going to try to fast forward a little bit. but um, So I come back to Dallas, and I still, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get my life right from the Lord, but I'm just partying. And I got one foot in, one foot out, and Jared comes goes back to the Lord, and one of my partying buddies, he gets saved. I was living with him in the downtown loft. Um, <laughs> that's, how, that's what I did, too, when I went out. I was like... And they came running to me. It's either away from me or to me. But anyway, Jared gives his life to the Lord and complete. I mean, just completely changes, right? I mean, completely 180. And I was kind of ticked, you know, and kind of happy for him. I was. I was kind of ticked and kind of happy for him. But that was one foot, one one foot in, one foot out. But I knew the Lord was getting a hold of my heart, and I got invited to go to Ukraine um, with a couple friends of mine. I was I went to Brownsville with, and I was super excited because I was like you Ukraine- Ukrainian? Well, I went there. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> well, not to- I'm about to talk about it. <laughs> so anyway, so um, so right before I go to Ukraine, like two weeks before I go to Ukraine, I'm super excited because I'm like, I've been wanting to do this for eight years. I've been wanting to go overseas, do missions with these guys. Um, but I was just in rebellion, so you know whatever. So um, I was super excited. Two weeks before I leave, um, I go I, I go shopping for Ukraine, right because that's what you do. <laughs> what <Went, laughs> <went> shopping? <laughs> it's a model on a band, so I just love shopping. Um, so I meet this girl, right? I meet this girl at this store that I went to go shop, and she was everything that I had ever wanted. you know, like tattoos, raspy voice, <laughs> cut off jean jacket combat boots, smoke cigarettes, and love punk rock music. And I was like, I am in love with you. And this is for real, no, that was for real, for real. So we hung out nonstop for two weeks before I left for Ukraine. And this girl was so demonized. I mean, I'm talking demonized, man. But because I thought she was super good looking and everything, you know, just had the tattoos. I mean, I just dug her, right? And so we hang out for two weeks. I'm like staying the night at her house, you know, not doing anything because I was a Christian. I was trying to get my life right. But, you know, I'm like justifying staying the night at her house, right? And so, and I'm about to go on a mission trip. God, I'm telling you, don't do what I did. Don't do what I did. Um... So, and I'm just head over heels. So I go to Ukraine. Spend the spend the summer in Ukraine. Long story short, I'm in London. I spend a week in London, and I'm in the hotel room, and I'm reading like um, Ezra or Nehemiah or, you know, one of those. And, and I'm reading about the Lord calling his people to like lay down his, their Philistine women to literally like leave them in a part of a country with their kids and then take off and just leave them there. Ezra. And so I remember reading that. And I was like, how could you? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And this, I was just starting to trust the Lord again. And I was like, no, this is why. This is why I left you in the first place. Because of this kind of crap. How can you do this? These are real people. You know, these are children that need their father. How can you justify this? And, and he goes, David, he goes, I'm asking you to lay down your relationship with this girl. And I said, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? After this, after I just discovered this? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I really like this girl, and she's really good for me, and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I get home from Ukraine. I spend a whole summer there, and I get home, and I had told this girl, I said, hey, I know we just met. Um, you know, I was playing it cool. I was like, but you know, I know I'm not your boyfriend, but if, you know, if something happens between you and somebody else, just let me know, you know? She didn't let me know. And so we get back. I'm there for five days, and I'm at her house every single night for five days. And the fifth night, I notice she's acting a little strange. And we get back to her place after going to a bar. And I remember thinking, oh, and we hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, what's going on? She goes, what's my ex-boyfriend? You know, he's really bad for me. He's a drug dealer, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, let me get the door. <laughs> let me get the door. I like bench like 110. <laughs> let me get the door, man. <laughs> but I said, let me, you know, and she's like, no, just please don't, everything will be fine. We'll just, you know, don't worry about it. So we go to bed and of course I still didn't do anything cause I was being a Christian. And I wake up at five o'clock in the morning in, the, in a pitch black room. Laying in bed, and I wake up to this figure arising from the window. And I, like, I'm about freak out. I jumped out of bed, and I'm like, you know, hey, put me there. <laughs> 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 and so we start fighting. You know, he broke into her house. It's her ex. I didn't know who it was. I mean, the guy looked just like her, but like a male version, so I assumed it was, <laughs> you know. Um, so we start fist fighting. Uh, long story short, he runs out of the house, and I'm thinking I defended her honor, you know, um, and she runs out after him and i'm le- I'm standing there now um, standing there alone, you know, in things you go to sleep in, and I'm just like completely just going what what just happened? what just happened I, I, I just defended this girl's house I just why is she running out after him? So I'm like, it ain't going down like this. So I put my clothes on and go run out after them like, we're going to finish this, you know, and they were nowhere to be found. And I, run, I go back inside and I'm just so shocked. I can't believe, I mean, fistfights are crazy. I mean, who gets in fistfights? It was literally like an episode of Cheaters. And I, and I, <laughs> I felt so embarrassed I even got in a fistfight, but it's so you know, Your adrenaline's pumping and she left and she comes back in and the only thing she says to me is, you got to go. And, and I, I left, this was five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and um, I, I I was so shocked and appalled, I just grabbed my stuff, and I left, and I went home, and I just remember thinking, that'd be TH, right? Like, the heaven just happened over there. And so, and, but, but check this out, check this out. So, so hold on, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, hold on. So, check this out. So, I, to find out um, he was actually just wondering where his girlfriend went. They had never broken up. Um, she, he hadn't heard from her in five days since I had been back in town. They had never broken up. They had been sleeping together the entire time I was in Ukraine. The entire time I was in Europe. Um, and the only reason she actually was with me is because somehow she knew that I wasn't going to sleep with her and she just wanted to like get me to do it. This is PG-13, I'm sorry, Freddie. And, and, but the Lord was so good, he tried to spare me all of that. Like, he told me when I was in London, put this down. Like, mixture is not good. Like, this is bad news. He knew what she was doing the entire time. I didn't. But I, because of my pride, and because I thought I knew what was better than him, and because I couldn't trust him because of my hurts and my offenses, you know, the Lord said, no, no, no you're going to put her down. And there's a beautiful story in Ezekiel 16 about the Lord finding Israel on the road, you know, naked and beat up and bloodied. And he finds her and he um, gives her all, you know, cleans her up and gives her all these jewels and gives her all these gifts. And then she turns around and prostitutes them. And the Lord showed me that like a year afterwards. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I just did that. I, you saved me, God, and you gave me this gift um, of music. He gave me this gift of just personality. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, literally used it. I, I literally used it to get what I wanted always to manipulate. And it was just such an eye opener the Lord, but the Lord is so good. At the end of that, you have to fight through some things. But at the end of that, the Lord says, but you will love me and I will, and you will be mine. And that's what he's done in my life. And, I mean, he sought me, he was so faithful. When we see, some, when I sing songs up here of faithful, you're always faithful, true, you're always true. I'm thinking about that. Like I'm actually thinking about those things of how those times in Austin, you know, that time that he, that he was faithful to me when I was in London and I didn't listen to him. You know, I, 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 I want you to know that. I want you to know I'm thinking about those things that I'm not just singing lyrics and, um, so through that, I come home, I get a place, because I, I didn't have a place, I was staying at her house, So I, I rent an apartment on McKinney Avenue, and, and I had a you know piece of crap guitar that my dad had got me, I mean, was, you know, sorry dad, it was, and, and man, I remember those old songs that we sang at Brownsville, and I had never, I'd never played in front of anybody worship, I, I, I led worship in Ukraine, and I knew two songs, they were like, hey, can you lead worship, I was like, I knew two songs. And, and everyone in the church spoke Russian. And I was singing my two songs, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high or something like that. But, but I'd, never, I'd never led worship in America in front of a congregation. But I just, I, I remember those songs we used to sing at Browns and I just got my guitar and I started figuring them out. And for hours I'd sit alone. I wasn't working because I was a model. And, um, and so I would just stay at home all day and I would worship and I'd scream my guts out. And I would cry and I would laugh and I would get filled with the Holy Ghost. And that time, because I had to literally throw my feet at Jesus, after that whole thing happened, I realized, you're for my good. You are for my good. You're for me. You're not against me. You're not, you, weren't, you weren't trying to make my life worse. You are trying to make my life better. So I threw my feet at Jesus. I dev- was in the Word. I devoured the Word. I loved to worship. And hours I spent with Him. And those times were the times of the most encounter I've ever had in my life, more than Brownsville even. Um... And I remember, I remember one night, or one morning, actually, I'm laying in bed, I'm laying there for maybe, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes I've been up, just looking at my phone, and, you know, at this time, I mean, the Lord's presence was always so thick on me, I could, my hairs would always stand up, like I would just, I'd, I'd feel him lay on top of me, you know, at night. And that song, though I sleep, my heart is awake, you know that song, it's the voice of the one that I love, love that song, I used to sing that song and weep, well, one morning, I'm laying there, just checking my phone, you know, talking to the Lord, and I hear from the other room, David. And I pop up, run to the room, there's nobody there. And it was like that, it was like that verse in Song of Solomon, you know, where he, the lover calls them, they run to the door, you know. And um, has, ever had, has anybody ever had the Lord call your name audibly? Is that not the freakiest thing? It's amazing, terrifying, because I thought someone was in the house. Because, I mean, I was wide awake, wide awake. And the Lord called my name and I ran up and there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, it was God. That makes it even more terrifying, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry for London, I told you. Uh... No, but, but, you know, through my, one of my, the greatest embarrassing, Jeremy and I were talking about this today, being embarrassed is the worst. Like having shame is just the worst through my, one of my most embarrassing, shameful things of not, not just getting in a fight with somebody and having the girl have lied to me all summer, but the shame of rejecting Jesus' advice for my life, of having to live with that, of having, and you know, he didn't say, I told you so. <laughs> but it's just the, the thought of going, oh. You know, but he's so good, he wiped that shame away. And from that came me cutting my teeth in worship. And for hours, I would, I would worship, and um, I'd, never, I'd never led worship in front of a congregation in the USA. And Tracy called me one day and said, oh, I got introduced to Tracy because of Jared. Jared asked me to play with him one time. Uh, but I remember Tracy asked me, we were back at the house, and she goes, hey, do you want to come lead and worship for, for us this Thursday? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And so nervous, I'm like, maybe we turn off all the lights. I'll never forget you came to me and you're like, because we had a photographer there, and you were like, okay, we want to get some more light on you, and I was like, I was thinking maybe we could turn off all the lights. <laughs> but, but it's just amazing out of like your, some of your greatest tragedies. I know that's not like a super tragedy. Like no one, no one died, and people have been through way worse in their life. Um, that the Lord brought something that uh, that is not only. Um, not only like providing for me financially, but also ministering to my heart, ministering to people's heart. You know, people encounter the Lord when we worship. I mean, that tonight was amazing. Like to be able to do that from a, that it was birthed out of something the enemy meant for such awfulness in my life. It's just amazing of the story of his goodness. So I'm almost done. I say, I'll let to say this. Um, I um, recently, have through the leadership has asked me to take over the prayer room. And we're kind of switching gears a little bit, but um, I want you to know that I, I, I said yes to doing that. Uh, and I don't, I don't take it lightly. It's, a, it's an honor to do it. Um, and prayer is something I believe in. I believe in it. And when we were at John and Tracy's house, one of the things that I loved you know, the 6, ser- 6 a.m. prayer times, we were just in her little room and there would be just a few of us worshiping. We'd put on a CD and we'd worship and we'd pray and we'd worship and we'd sit there and we'd worship. Then Saturday mornings, we talked about Saturday morning today, how just it's a great community. People would come and they would just be in the presence of God and then everyone would just go out to lunch afterwards and have coffee and everyone was talking. The Lord, you could sense, was really starting to build something, it was really starting to tie people's hearts together for a greater purpose. And, you know, we were really into IHOP. You know, obviously, like, we, she called, they called her to ha- God called you to do a house of prayer. So we were just super listening to IHOP and we went to one thing and a couple months later, we found this, this building and we were really excited and we signed the lease and we came in and we were going this way. And, um, and so we did what we knew how to do. Well, let's, let's do IHOP. Let's let's do the stage like IHOP. Let's put you know this over there, this over there, the singers over here, you know, and let's let's try to do a prayer set like IHOP. And it was awesome. It was really good. Like it was really, it was, like there was a lot of amazing encounters that the Lord moved uh, during that time. But one of the things I did notice uh, when we decided to do that was that we lost a lot of the intimacy. Uh, we lost a lot of the community that we had been experiencing through prayer, and. And that's something that that I've seen over and over again. Um, when I when I left here um, and took the job up a room, I was there for three years. And you know, we started very small with 15 people maybe in a corner, and we just worshiped and prayed together. And the Lord would move, and people would just lay. Enjoy the presence of the Lord. People would read scripture. People would pray scripture. People would pray for people. We'd, you know, lay hands on people. We'd be like, man, let's, let's all face the north and let's shout, you know, you know. It was great. And we, the Lord was starting to do something. He was starting to mend hearts. He was starting to connect people together through prayer. Uh, but we ran into the same thing. We started getting a little bigger and we were like, well, well, well I guess at the night sets, we should probably get on stage. We just got a new sound system. So we got on, the, we put the worship leader on a stage. And the same thing happened. Um, we just lost a lot of the community of prayer. And we kept it in the mornings because we kept praying in the corner, but, and and hear, don't hear me out, like, what I'm not saying is what we've been doing is wrong. And what we've been doing is the wrong way. What I am saying is, um, I feel like, for Storehouse, being a small church, I mean, look around, like, these are your brothers and sisters. Like, we're, like, we're in this together, right? We're, we don't go to a mega churches. Not there's not like seven thousand people we don't know that go to our church, right? There's maybe like forty that we can get to know, and so I, I want to I want to take the beauty of prayer um, and, and make it more of a community type environment, all the while not saying goodbye to what's got us here, so. Real quickly, I want to just kind of go over what I, what I am unveiling as a new vision of prayer. Is that okay? Are you guys still with me? Falling asleep? Yeah. No, Some people are. <laughs> okay. So, um, so one, and one of the things that we've been talking about and praying about is, is in the mornings from 11 to 12, leaders, uh, myself, Jeremy, Tracy, Jared, Anne-Marie, Matthew, Escavel, and there's other leaders... Uh, they're on leadership but can't make it to those prayer times, we're having prayer and we're praying for you guys. And we're off the stage and we're, we're literally circled up right here and we are praying for you and we're worshiping and we're reading scripture and we are doing prayer together. And I noticed two things. I noticed one, that when I got up and I left at noon, I was full of life, I was full of encouragement. I felt like I had just locked arms with my brothers and sisters and done something. And taking a huge step. Um, and I noticed, I noticed the difference between that feeling and and how many worship leaders do we have in here? One, two, three, four, five, I mean, seven, eight, and we've had, you know, many come through here. Um, you know, one of the things that I've heard from upper room and here is is that you know, when you when you get someone on stage and you have them by themselves. You know, screaming at God for two hours is amazing, right? I mean, I've encountered the Lord that, that way. But it really leads to burnout really quickly. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's physically very hard to do that consistently. Um, and I noticed that I wasn't feeling burnout. I noticed that I was feeling encouraged. I noticed my body was, was full of life. So what we've, what we've talked about doing is just shaking it up a little bit. What I want to do, I feel like a car salesman right now. Um, No offense. (laughs) Um, What I'd (laughs) like. I love you guys. Thanks for putting up with me tonight. Um, What I'd like to do is, we want to keep the prayer room, this room, open for meditation, for quiet times, come and read scripture, let the Lord minister minister over to you. Um, so what we want to do is from 12 to 1, we want to open up our leadership prayer to the community, and we're going to have different worship leaders here just leading worship off the stage um, and in a confined space like the furnace. We're going to be meeting in the furnace and worshiping in the furnace. There's a ver- There's a verse that I've been... Constantly going over, we've been talking about. It's Isaiah sixty-five eight, and it says there's new wine in the cluster, and we are we need to cluster right now. Yeah, I really feel that in the spirit, we need to cluster, and um, you know we've got a new name. You know we've got. I just feel like a new wine. We want new wine, right? Let's cluster together. Um, so I want to do that. I want to get in a in a in a room. Where we can pray together, and you don't have to pray if you don't want to. You can go in there and you can sit and enjoy the Lord. Um, but my prayer, my my hope is that during that hour, you're going to want to pray. You know, you're going to want to say, "I've got a prayer that I need to share." You know, uh, as long as it's not ten minutes. Um, <laughs> anyway, after that, after that, the prayer room will be open. This room will be open from twelve. Um, to 6.30 for Webstream will be going. You can come in, spend time with Jesus, just you and him, have him have IHOP sing over you. Let them do all the work, right? <laughs> they got the resources. Um, and you just come and just be with the Lord. And from 6.30 to 7.30, we're gonna have another community prayer time uh, in the furnace. And we'll have another worship leader. And it, it's really designed to bring us together to, to pray together. We do we do um, so many things well, and I was talking to Phil and Christy and they have just a great vision of for prayer um, and how how to sit before the Lord and soak and 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 let Him minister to you. And I think that is amazing, and I want to see that keep going. Um, but also, what I want to do is take those who um, who may be a little um, maybe a, a little antisocial. Like, let's put you together and let's worship the Lord and let's pray together. Mason. Uh, let's pray together. Let's see what God does. You know, let's, we don't have to shake the heavens every time. You know, we don't, we, it doesn't have to be blood, sweat, and tears intercession. But I want, I want us to pray together because I believe new wine is found in a cluster. And there's prayers that, that you release that bring life to me when you say them. There's prayers that you release that bring life to me when you say them. You know, I want to hear those prayers. I want to feed off those prayers. I want to join you in those prayers and agree with you in those prayers, right? Two or more gathered, touching on anything. Um, Now, the Sons of Oil sets or the nighttime sets, those will still be in here if you lead a set or you play on a set during that time. We want to honor that, and we want to say, hey, go for it, go for it. Um, But really, I, I... I just, I really believe that the Lord is wanting us to, this, I feel like this could be a missing piece to a puzzle uh, or to, to what we're doing. Um, just a different way of prayer that, you know, just something added that, can, that hopefully can bring life and bring relationships with people that you wouldn't normally bring have relationships with, you know? Uh, I look forward to that. Like, I was, I was telling them, like, we should, when I say them, Phil and Christy, I was telling them, like, we should know each other, and I don't know you, and that's my bad. But hopefully, because sometimes it's hard to just get to know someone you don't know. But in this way, when we bring people together, and we can let them pray together and seek the Lord together, man, knit, hearts start knitting, yeah, that's right. you know? Yeah. Like, we're an army. We are an army when we do that.